you're listening to the University of Victoria Student Society's Lead Directors Debate, live on CFUV 101.9 FM. This event is taking place on traditional Coast Salish territory of the Songhees, Lekwungen, Wasanich, and Sanchothan people. Thank you, everyone. We're getting on to the part now that I think everybody's been looking forward to. I just wanted to go over, hold on a sec. Oh, no, it's okay, it's, it's good. It's I don't know where the feedback's coming from. Um, it's just a little bit of feedback, so if we just keep going, it should be, should be all right. Move over here. Um, just want to go over some rules of engagement for uh, the Q&A period. I just wanted to remind the audience that the candidates have yeah. chosen to run for this election because of a genuine desire to provide service to the undergraduate community. And each and every person seated at this table in front of you, or at these two tables, has devoted many hours planning and campaigning. And I just want to reiterate that they deserve the respect and consideration of each and every person in this room. I personally am committed to ensuring that candidates feel safe and do not feel bullied, and that we can continue this event with full decorum. So far, everything has been wonderful, and I'd like to continue to have it this way. Um, just uh, giving you some further uh, rules of engagement to let you know in advance how things will be run. Uh, the moderators will continue with CFUV and the Martlet, uh, with um, Max and Miles being the moderators. Uh, they will have the full discretion to cut off the audience member if, here's a few conditions, the line of questioning is deemed to be invasive, demeaning, discriminatory, inappropriate, or otherwise disrespectful to the candidates. If a member begins to shout or use any aggressive approach, there's any derogatory comments or foul language. And the last one, which isn't really that bad, but if you run out of time, all of the, the questions will be limited to 30 seconds to ask your question. It'll have to be a question, not a comment. So there's no rants or anything. You may have your perspectives, but it's just comments directed to the candidates. The moderators will also intercede if um, uh, the audience is not being respectful to the person at the microphone asking the question. If there's too much loud noise going on, they will intercede and try to quiet it down so the person can ask their question. Um, the other thing is that candidates here, if there's any questions they don't feel comfortable answer, asking, answering, they will be asking their own questions, answering. They do not have to answer it. Um, as I said, the question period will be limited to question only, and questions may be asked to a single individual or to um, both slates that are running for the same position. So no questions to all slate members at once, because that's just going to be too much. Um, similar to what we did for the candidates, you may not have seen because they've been in the back of the room, uh, there'll be a timer. I'll have one of the UVSS uh, elections members in the front here with the red flag, just to give warning to those asking a question that they're, they have about 10 minutes, or 10, not 10 minutes, 10, 10 more seconds to ask their question. And we'll give a little leeway there, but then we will turn off the microphones. We're not gonna be allowing any rebuttal questions from the audience, so a person asking a question, it's one question, they can't continue to follow up. They have to go to the back of the line and give somebody else a chance. Um, 
And so if there's time permitting, we're hoping to have, we should have uh, 30 minutes, we'll have 30 minutes for sure, and then it'll be the discretion to a certain degree of the candidates if they're not too absolutely exhausted and to see if UV and Martlet, we might be able to continue on for another uh, 10, 15 minutes with questions if there are, because we were done the Q&A period uh, here quite early. Um, I'd also just like to request, I know obviously there's two slates here, that the campaign managers refrain from asking questions they're involved in the whole process. So I'd like to give everybody else a chance who's really not directly involved in the elections an opportunity to ask questions first. Can't limit other members of slates, but I'd just like you to give respect to other people here who are not involved to ask the questions. Um, I guess that's about it, so I will pass the microphone on. Hopefully it won't give some feedback to um, Miles and Max. <laughs> Thank you, Laurie. Uh, so yeah, I guess if you have questions, we have a mic up at the front to our right and to our left, and we will alternate between them. And uh, yeah, please keep in mind the guidelines that Laurie laid out, and this should be a blast. So. Uh, We'll start to my right. Uh, we have a question already, so Zoe Blue, take okay. it away. Hi folks, thanks for showing up and being really great. Uh, this question uh, is just in response to a comment that Anmol made. Um, you made a comment that the Energize slate does not support the Canadian Federation of Students due to hidden bank accounts or something or other. The CFS has done valuable work around the erasure of black students on university campuses across the country. That is not done by the ABSA. ABCS for reasons of lack of representation. Um, I'm wondering what each slate, so I guess Dakota and Enmel, you can answer this question, uh, is going to do about the erasure of black students and how we feel on campus, both at UVic and through advocacy with other universities. Thanks. So is that to director of campaign, sorry? Okay, cool, we'll start with Dakota. Could I just, um, you asked two parts to that question. Right. Thanks. Okay, so thank you. First of all, um, when I talk about the legal connotations to the CFS, I'm not talking about the overall organization as a whole. I actually took part in organizing the November 2nd event. Um, when it comes to working with organizations, I think that the legal issues are a bit too much for us to directly associate ourselves with each other. Uh, so I wouldn't support uh, refederating, absolutely not. Um, with that being said, I think that there could be more opportunities to collaborate in the future as it has happened in the past. So, Emma? so, okay, sorry. Um, so to address um, racism and stuff across campus, uh, like the question originally asked, um, I understand that the CFS has done valuable work. However, um, there, you, we can't justify, not that that isn't super important. Um, I want to work like you said, the ABCS hasn't necessarily done that same work. However, I believe that they probably are receptive to and I'm sure that our campus as well is receptive to um, working to improve relations with colored students and I want to work alongside of the SOCC and see how we can um, better, how we can increase representation and how we can um, make, make campus more inclusive and welcoming and have everyone feel like they are an important part here. So that's, yeah. Thank you. I'm just going to intercede for a second. There's one thing that I forgot to mention 
Uh, Miles and Max probably already know because we've discussed this before. We have two microphones, so we're going to be alternating between the two, just in case you didn't know. I didn't want anybody to think we were being unfair. Imagine it. Uh, hello, uh, this is likely for the Director of Student Affairs on both slates. Uh, for the Society for Students with Disabilities, uh, the, the location is on that side, and the stairs to go in, well, there's stairs, and there is no ramp for students in wheelchairs. Therefore, it's pretty difficult for students in What's your question? wheelchairs Sorry? to get in. Can we get a ramp? Can you look into getting a ramp or something? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is that, that your is, answer, Natalia? Yes. Okay. Do you have an answer, Caitlin? Um, that is certainly something we could look into. Um, it's an issue that I wasn't entirely aware of, so I'd, I'd definitely be willing to, to look into that and see what we could make happen for um, students affected by it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, just a reminder, everyone, like, get to your questions as quick as you can. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, I'll talk really fast, and I won't swear because it's something I'm passionate about. You're already doing it. Both directors of finance uh, have said they're going to do financial literacy workshops. To my knowledge, I held this year the first financial literacy workshop in the history of the UVSS. I had over 100 posters. My Facebook event hit 5,000 people. What's your question, Kevin? Two people showed up. There was free lunch. How will you make sure that that doesn't happen again and you get people out to hear about credit scores, budgets, and TFSAs? Thank you, Kevin. We'll start with Zenon. I think we have to do a little bit of targeting here. We should be approaching people who are you know, currently struggling with tuition, currently struggling with their you know, tuition debt. We should be approaching people who are in need of financial help, not just to pe you know, putting out generic messages across campings, um, targeting everybody who's interested. You know, we've all passed by banners or posters everywhere and we ignore them all day. But I think if we actually look for the help, we should find the students who are trying to find the help and uh, service them as much as possible. Cool. Uh, Mackenzie? So budgeting is something that's really important to me and actually traumatized me when I was first looking at making a budget. And I did not know about this event. I wish that I did. Um, I love doing classroom talks and chalkboarding and just making sure every student is aware of what's going on in campus is going to be super important to me if I'm elected. So by taking measures such as that to make sure every student talking to them myself so they know what's going on, I will make sure that more students aren't coming to university totally unaware how to keep a budget. All right, so I think my question goes towards the Director of Student Affairs, but if I'm wrong, then someone else can answer Could it. you lean just a little bit more into the mic? Here? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so last year, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom rated UVic the worst campus for freedom of speech in Canada. What are you going to do to protect free speech on campus, especially when it comes to the free flow and debate of ideas, no matter how polarizing or uncomfortable they may be? So who's your question directed to, sorry? Uh, Director of Student Affairs. Okay, we'll start with Caitlin on this one. Um, so Energize UVic um, really values the idea of free academic discourse and the idea of free speech, but we also recognize that there is a huge difference between free speech and hate speech. So the only time we will ever, um, we never want to prevent anyone from speaking, however, if that is affecting the safety and well-being of the student body, then we will definitely be taking a stance on that. Otherwise, we feel that um, it is key at university to be able to um, express views, even if some people find that to be controversial. Thanks. Natalia? 
Um, so I want to start by mentioning that uh, the Energize slate is supporting Peter Singer, who is coming to speak uh, coming up at uh, the University of Victoria. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Peter Singer and why I think that he's shitty and why I think that we absolutely cannot support him. It's probably going to take me longer than my intended time, but sometimes dismantling hate takes longer than like 90 seconds or whatever I have. So I'm going to keep talking. Uh, I will record myself and I will also put it up uh, in... Uh, note form on the Connect website. Feel free to turn my microphone off, but I'm going to keep going. All right. Uh, so first of all, uh, Peter Singer has come out in defense of all sorts of like really ableist rhetoric, right? So the first thing that I want to tell you is that Peter Singer, um, I don't think all of his writings are bad, right? So I think that like Peter Singer as an individual has had a lot of different writings in terms of like he's taught me a lot about vegetarianism, he's taught me a lot about different things, right? But I think that is his work as an ethicist, he makes excellent points about vegetarianism, he makes eth excellent points about ethical altruism, right? So I think that he's able to like identify that he has duties to people who are less privileged than he is. However, I think that because he can't extend that understanding of his privilege to people who have disabilities, I think that what this tells ask. us is that he is actually someone who is against it, who is like uh, having ableist rhetoric. Okay. I think that I don't think, I don't think that people who have, I don't think that disabled people on this campus need to do the work of standing up for themselves time and time again. So we're gonna get a question from- an institution that takes our money and that claims to report, uh, that claims to- In respect to everybody here, I think that I'm going to, to ask you to stop your point making important, but it's in violation of the white have to ask you to leave. I'm sorry, you're done. You are like done. Uh, Alright. We're gonna move right along. Uh, sorry, I got mixed up. We're gonna have a question from the right hand mic next. Wait, what? I'm sorry, I got mixed up. The last question came from that side. And so we're gonna go to the right hand side here. Hi, my question is also for the Directors of Student Affairs, although Natalia did actually address a lot of my concerns um, with what she spoke about. Um, but Caitlin, um, after Natalia spoke, you had a chance to rebut. Um, you didn't really address what I had hoped you would, so I was wondering what your plan is to address TERFs on campus, um, what the problem is about TERFs on campus, and um, yeah, what kind of direction that you would give to UVic around that? And thank you, Natalia, for already addressing that in yours. Um, so as I said before, um, I, I can't speak for groups that I'm not a part of, so this is why I'd like to work as closely as possible with advocacy groups to um, learn about issues on campus and how they are affecting them, and really take steps to make sure that every student at UVic and within the UVSS feels included and safe, because I, I simply can't tolerate people feeling unsafe and being attacked on this campus. I, I, I'm going to step in real quick here and just say that there is, you can do that, but there is also you could also, you can still like speak out against it while also looking at those groups affected, could you not? Like you could, you could engage with those groups who are affected and see what they want, but you could also take a stance yourself. Yeah, we want you to take a stance, that's what I've been wanting. And I, and yeah, and I'm not trying to like really come down on you, but I feel like that's what some people are hoping, like, or, or are looking for, so. Um, if so, you want to respond to that real quick. Yeah, so like we do not um, stand by TERFs. We, we believe that that is, um, we do not agree with what they do and how they, they make students feel on campus. So we are against TERFs, um, if that was something that we, we hadn't had a chance to um, state in our platform. Okay, could you answer 
Sorry, we're not we're not going to do follow up questions. Everybody does have Sorry, other questions yeah. that they'd like to ask. Left hand mic. Okay. Hi, my name is Alexis. As an autistic queer student, um, also indigenous, I said, hey, don't support Peter Singer. Don't let him come here. But instead, you ignored my concerns. And someone who is, whose people have had a history with eugenics, you decided to ignore them and also uh, mock them. What is your so, question? I'm getting to my question. So what are you going to do to keep yourself accountable to indigenous queer IPOC students when you have a, someone who supports eugenics? Sorry, was that directed at student affairs? So again, we're not doing entire slate answers, so I will, I'll ask both candidates for outreach and university relations, seeing as they are, in a way, sort of, not the figurehead, but um, yeah. So we'll start with Taisto, if that's okay with you. I may have missed the end point of that question. Um, I mean, I suppose. Well, yeah. you you right. So I believe there's an issue where, if elected into the UVSS board, we don't actually have the legal position to block an event like this. However, our response would be to. Um, provide a platform and make the voices of those opposing this heard and try and legitimize those viewpoints and opinions. Thanks. Kate, do you have an answer to that question? Yeah. So there's, there's a difference between free speech and hate speech as has been presented by a number of people today. Uh, and I do think that open discourse from both sides is really important in order to address issues such as this in the future and this event. I think that both sides should have their views open and stated so that people can make their decisions. If we just prevent him from speaking, if we hide that he is a person, then he's going to continue to exist and continue to have this belief. But if we have that open, we can discuss it and have it ameliorated in that situation. Thanks. Um, yes, thank you. Um, I would like to make a. Um, I would like to make a point. Uh, I'd like to point out that we are halfway through the question and answer period. Uh, I believe that we are on the right side now. <clears throat> Hi, I'm really glad. I'm really glad I came out to tonight's event, today's event. Um, I got to learn a lot. Um, you guys did a great job. Um, I'm not exactly sure which group this is particularly directed towards or which one it fall, falls under, but uh, I just wanted to ask towards uh, school spirit and clubs. Um, I've always felt that that was a big part of university, and I was just wondering if you guys are doing anything specific towards improving the numbers on those. Thank you. So you're speaking more about like school spirit in regards to events and clubs? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, who should answer that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with the director of events. So we'll let uh, Noor answer that one first. Sure. So thank you for your question. Um, in terms of school spirit, that's exactly what we're looking for. That's exactly what we're doing, and that's what our platform is based on. Um, so, the, for example, when we're talking about the concerts, that's our promotion of school spirit is because of the concerts. Our promotion of school spirit is going to be based off the drive-in movies, um, getting more social events so people come out and are able to connect with each other, because that's that's what fosters school spirit: being able to go out, um, seeing your fellow students, and being able to connect with them. Colin. 
Um, I do agree with you that um, school spirit is lacking on this campus. I think that um, at the beginning of the year, during the summer, it's really high when people are outside engaged, when talking to people, hanging out on the quad. So I try to kind of further that, keep that campus momentum going, um, as well as working with bikes, I think, um, to try to get more sports engagement onto campus. I think that's a good idea to do. Um, but I think, as well, we have to look into ourselves and see like what we want to bring out to the school and see how that works. And then from there, work further with that. Thanks, Colin. Left-hand mic. Hi there. This is uh, directed towards finance. Um, I learned that your campaign manager was a founder of, oh, sorry, this is Connect, that your campaign manager was a founder of the ABCS, and the current board decided not to join ABCS due to financial burden on students with uh, minimal benefit. Are you guys uh, going to be joining the ABCS? Um, from what I understand, she was not the founder, or from what I understand. Affiliated. Yeah, is this? Yeah, this, this seems to be kind of like a question about my campaign manager's past, and I'm not really sure I'm qualified to answer that on, on her behalf. I'm with Zenon on that one. Um, Thank you. Right hand mic. Hey folks, um, so this question is directed to any exec or um, whichever exec chairs exec committee. Um, so over the course of this year, I found that um, exec committee and the proceedings of exec committee have been used as a way to exclude other board members. And I find the way the exec committee operates right now to be really untransparent. And basically it's a source of um, basic, like, what I'm trying to What's say is, what are you, you going to do to make the proceedings of exec committee, which is a closed committee, um, more transparent um, and basically less clicky? Cool. Uh, we'll start with Kate on that one on the left. Um, so I'm currently on the board. Uh, recently, there has been some concerns brought forward by directors at large about executive committee. And I know I have experienced the same thing as Michelle has discussed. Um, I think that executive committee should be more open about the decisions they're making. I know the minutes are available, but I think we should be able to, other directors on the board should be able to have an impact on what is being said at executive committee and the decisions that are being made, because I think there's a lot of power there among that group. Um, and so it's, it's necessary that there's more discussion about what is being done. Thank you, Kate. Uh, Taisto, do you have an answer? So I have difficulty answering this because I don't have any experience with the executive committee at this point. I think that the actions that I would take would be to consult with the people who have concerns around this, listen to those concerns, and try and find ways to respond to and address those. And that's all I can really say right now. Sure. Mike on the left. Hi, this question is to connect. So your platform talks a lot about transparency practices of you guys trying to connect with students. Should it be closer to me? I'm so Okay, perfect, I'm just a bit short. Connect with students on social media, and I think that's fantastic. But the problem is, on your Facebook page, you guys filter comments, you guys delete uh, questions that are perfectly reasonable. <laughs> what's your, uh, yeah, what's no, your question? I, I know, I'm sorry, people are just yelling at me, the audience. And I yeah, I'm gonna ask the audience to not shout at people asking questions, thank you. Thanks. Anyways, I was just wondering how we can expect transparency from that when that kind of behavior happens on your Facebook page now. Thanks. I, yeah, I guess Taisto can answer this. Yes, so our decision to make questions uh, moderator approved was uh, generated by the concerns we had for the safety of our slate given the violence that occurred last year. 
Some of the things that we have not approved have been fairly obvious troll posts, like a single question posed by, say, the Energize campaign manager by other people over and over, just copy and pasted. So while we'll post the original one, we don't feel that it's necessary to legitimize that kind of behavior by effectively allowing them to inundate our plat like our page with the same thing over and over and over again. Thanks. But, sorry, to our knowledge, we have answered all of the questions that we've been given. I've spent hours and hours answering some of the more difficult um, like policy or position-based ones. Um, uh, Kate, you do have a rebuttal if you'd like. No? <laughs> okay. All right, Director of Campaigns, three, two, one, go. This year, Bell Canada gave us several thousand dollars to a Rethink Mental Health campaign. This was used for Kevin Real event and freed up the campaign's budget. Later, advocacy groups brought forward serious concerns about what Bell Canada does uh, and how that affects their groups. Directors of Campaigns, if you were in our shoes next year, would you accept financial contributions from Bell to the mental health campaign? So we'll start this one with uh, Unmol. Sure. So I also heard about the uh, concerns brought up by the advocacy groups about uh, your work with uh, Bell. Um, I definitely don't think I would want to work alongside of Bell, although their voice is heard uh, widely across ca uh, Canada. I definitely think that there are also other ways to get our voices heard and not associate with organizations that don't necessarily uh, support all types of people and support people throughout their life Woo! and like their employees. Dakota? I think that there are other ways to deal with mental health without putting a corporate lens on it, and I would not like to see Bell be implemented into UVSS mental health campaigns. Oh, am I up? Oh, well, it's been uh, fairly heated here this afternoon. And uh, I, not as serious a question as some of the other ones, but this will go to the uh, director of events. Um, this one hits really close to home for me. Uh, after being UVSS exec over this past year, I've what become quite the patron to uh, Felicita's Campus Pub. Uh, so, off the top of your guys' heads, what new food would you add to the Felicita's Campus menu and why? You can also add what beer goes well with it, and I will be writing this down. Okay, I don't mind that question, actually. We'll start with Colin. He, you look like you're thinking. Okay. Um... <clears throat> I think that um, fellas should start instituting chopped cheeses. Um, <laughs> those are delicious. Uh, I see. Uh, and then also, I think we need to like uh, bring better beer to fellas. Like, I'm come with on, you. we could get like nicer Phillips and Four Winds. We should be able to like sprinkle a little bit of that like money towards that. Driftwood New Growth. Uh, Nor, do you have a, your own response? Sure. Um, so one of the things that I'd also like to bring in some more uh, beers on tap, which would be nice. Uh, one of my favorite beers is a Salt Spring Island beer, and it'd be fantastic to be able to go after um, and just get a nice beer. Uh, the food on uh, pretzels. We don't have any pretzels. I really want pretzels. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for your question. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say can I, thanks, can I just add, though, thanks for that make, question as well. Can I make them cheesy pretzels, though? <laughs> Who even nah, does that? We're going to get chips instead. You connect us for chips. All right, all right. <laughs> we're going to move on, but I really appreciate that question. So, right hand mic. 
Also for the director of events on both sides, uh, I've seen that uh, some people want petting zoos, apparently. What sort of animals would there be, and how frequently would we have these pet petting zoos? So we'll start with uh, Noor on so that one. So for, for petting zoos, that's, some, that's an idea that I'd like to look into, but I'd really want to uh, talk with animal uh, rights activists and see whether that's even a feasible idea. And uh, if we're going to do this, we'd like to promote the safety of the animals and make sure that the animal safety is first. Um, but goats are pretty cool, so... Uh, but this is something that I'd like to look into for sure, and it's, a, it's an idea that's uh, it's on the list. Thank you. Colin? Um, I think, yeah, petting zoos are cool, but um, I think, you know, puppies and kittens are a little better, so maybe you'll be able to, like, rent out a puppy or kitten for, like, an hour and just, you know, chill out, play with it. Um, <laughs> but I'm serious. Like, during, like, event finals and stuff like that, my old school, we, you were able to rent out a puppy for an hour and just play, and it really helped like, students' mental health. Awesome. Thank you, uh, thank you to both candidates for that answer. Left-hand mic. Kate, this is directed to you. On your platform last year, you included various environmental initiatives, such as the beach cleanup. As a director at large, to, my, to the best of my knowledge, none of this actually happened. Why should we believe you and your slate's environmental promises? I would like to apologize for not fulfilling those events. Um, I hate to make this personal, but this year has been really tough for a lot of people. I think, I mean, a lot of people talk about 2016 as a really bad year. Um, there were a lot of deaths in my family and other, I had a lot of mental health issues this year, and I'm, I want to be open about that. Um, but I think I have sorted through my issues and that I will be able to function as the chair for this. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay, um, so last year, um, student organizers that were involved with the UVSS as well as advocates came together to pressure the provincial government to make binding legislation so that we would get sexualized violence policy at institutions across BC. And in the last couple of weeks, we have seen the Globe and Mail come out and say that police jurisdictions across Canada are um, disproportionately throwing away um, sexual assault cases. What's your question, Kenya, sorry? In Saanich, it's 60% of cases that get thrown away. So my question to the campaign's directors is, to what extent are you going to continue to lobby the provincial government to put more um, policies in place that protect survivors? And to which extent are you willing to escalate your practices beyond just sitting in lobbying rooms and actually protesting? Um, who do you want the director to? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll start with Dakota on that one. I think it's a very serious issue and that a lot of sexual assaults happen within the first few weeks of school and so we definitely need to make sure that the Let's Get Consensual campaign is very active during that time. And I think from there we're going to create a culture in which um, we can make lobbying more mainstream in um, the UVSS and I would like to see us go to the parliament and actually lobby them for proper sexual assault policy and that we support and believe survivors at Connect U Vic. So, to conclude, I do want to see at some point a lobby week geared towards uh, sexual assault policy on the provincial scale. 
Energized UVic also definitely supports and believes all sexual, sexualized violence survivors. Um, again, I'd like to reiterate that we would want to expand more on the Let's Get Consensual campaign and focus on working with student life and res life to focus on bystander training and consent training for students on residence as well as any students that want to take part. Um, again, we want to promote it to clubs as well so that they can get there. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting to that point, sorry. And um, yeah, so I want to work, definitely get that voice loud and clear on campus. And then again, um, your question about working with the provincial government, we want to continue the lobbying in the way we are as well as uh, definitely try to try to present our opinions and ideas, like I said previously, um, by collaborating across campus. And, um, oh, yeah, across BC, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to uh, take a, make a note that we have time for two more questions. Left mic? Yeah. Okay. Um, to director of events, you both know that events are key to fostering community, especially when within first years. And I want to ask how you engage groups who are minorities or otherwise disadvantaged within the context of the UVic community and may have trouble fitting in with first year and residence communities, such as international students, people of color, queer students, those with mental and physical health issues, so that their communities and events are safe and accessible. Start with uh, Noor on that one. Uh, okay. I didn't hear your. Could you repeat the first part, for me, please? Um, I was just wondering how you'd make events safe and accessible to communities who are minorities or otherwise disadvantaged within the context of first year residents, so that they can maybe find friends, fit in better. Absolutely. So uh, currently in place, there's an accessibility checklist that the previous administration has uh, worked on. Um, we'd be working at, by taking that accessibility checklist and seeing what points have worked and building off of that. Um, as well, we're talking with the first year, so we want to get the bystander training um, in for first years. Um, that also would include talking about different minority groups and how they're affected. So first years are more educated about um, campus life and what is on campus and the different individuals and the diverse uh, individuals that are on campus. Colin? Uh, well, I think it's uh, the universities and our responsibility to take them in and make them feel welcome. Um, I think every approach is kind of, um, should be dealt with personally and caters to every situation individually. So if that means connecting <clears throat> one of those students with another student that they could get along with, I'm all for that. Personally, I would probably try to check in with any students that don't feel welcome on campus and see what they could do slash with even with clubs or events. Um, but I think we should be taking the effort and the time to make making everyone feel welcomed on this campus. Right hand mic for last question and then we'll go from there. Hi folks, um, my question's more of a follow up to Adam's question about environmental initiatives, so maybe I'll give it to Kate as well. Um, your proposed environmental initiatives, such as increasing compost bins on campus or holding a singular beach cleanup, don't further a culture of sustainability on campus or create any long-term systemic change. Could you elaborate on why your platform doesn't go further in terms of pushing for more comprehensive environmental initiatives that don't just piggyback on single-day events that clubs like Parks Club, Surf Club, SOGS, and ESSA have been promoting for years? And do you promote divestment, yes or no? Um, my, okay. I'm gonna speak loudly. Um, yes, I do divestment, of course, yes. Um, the reason that our platform doesn't include more comprehensive environmental initiatives is because we think that short-term change 
is super important, as well as long-term change, of course. So I would really like, it's not in the platform, but I work for the Sierra Club of BC Foundation, and I would really like to have campaigns, work with the campaign's portfolio to discuss things like um, protesting Site C, uh, protecting the wall brand, that kind of large-scale uh, initiative. Um, but I think that the most impact we can have is on the, since the board term's only a year, I think it, the most impact we can have is on our campus with recycling bins and that sort of thing. Uh, apologies for those listening at home. We're having some mic issues on this end, but uh, Kate's response was very robust. So uh, <laughs> we're already going a little bit over time. So um, if there aren't any other questions, it doesn't seem like there is. Um, candidates, are you interested in answering any more questions? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, more questions. We have 10 more minutes for questions. <laughs> I can say for yeah. 10 more minutes. I have class. But Hey folks, um, for those who don't know, I'm the coordinator at the food bank. Um, my question is uh, regarding um, changing a little bit how um, the food bank fits into the board. So currently the food bank is a service of the board and we're very unique in um, amongst other groups in our relationship with the board. Um, and as we've changed over the past few years, we're seeking more autonomy and we're looking for a different structure um, that will recognize that we kind of know what we're doing. So. Um, I'm not sure who to, I'll think about who to direct this to, but basically would you support uh, more autonomy for the food bank, and if so, what do you think that might look like? And um, I'll direct that to, I'm not, like who should I direct? Student affairs? Student affairs. Sounds like a student affairs question. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll start with Natalia on that one. Um, so I just want to start by saying that we absolutely support the food bank. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is uh, like what we're doing with our food waste right now and what we're doing with things like like what's happening like at meal halls like I assume they have a lot of extra food um, I absolutely want to hear all of your suggestions about what you want to do with the food bank I personally don't know what the right answers are but I assume that you do and mm -hmm. I want to hear what you have to say um, so thank you very much for your question and um, I would definitely like to work uh, much more closely with the food bank. Um, in the past, I have worked with organizations that have worked with food security, so I would love to see things going kind of beyond just having food available and like food literacy and food security options. And um, I'd love to hear from you and, and work closely with uh, the, the food bank to, to make things happen for students. Uh, left hand mic. Cool. So this question is for Kate. Um, so repeatedly uh, throughout the campaign and throughout this debate, um, you folks are using the language of um, free speech versus hate speech, and I'm just really confused and wondering what the threshold is and who gets to decide that threshold, and also at what point do people's calls for action and people's descriptions of things as hate speech count against your interpretation of free speech? All right. Thank you, Kenya. Um, Kate? In my mind, hate speech begins when there is violence. Um, I think that violent acts against a specific individual, be it in words or physically, I think that's when it makes it hate speech, when it makes it a personal issue that discusses groups. Um, but I do think that most opinions should be discussed openly because that's the only way that we can prevent those opinions from being widespread. Can I respond to that? Oh. 
small stay in my time. Yeah, Natalia, you can have a short awesome. response. Um, I think that like understanding the way that violence works goes beyond just talking about like, oh, are people actually like being harmed? I also think that like it's the people who are being affected who get to choose or who get to say when they are being harmed and when they're suffering violence. Uh, I think that what's happening in this community is that we need to be able to like uh, have open discussion, but we need to be able to listen to the people who are actually affected. And I think when you say that like, oh, it doesn't actually count as violence, you're completely dismissing uh, all of the stuff that's been happening on campus that have been saying like, yes, it absolutely is violence against our community. Thanks, Natalia. Right hand mic, yeah. Um, hi, my question is directed at the Energize Director of Events. I'm wondering how you're planning on having marginalized students feel safe at events if you're simultaneously inviting the um, campus security. So that's, that's something that um, I think there's a lot of, again, animosity between. Um, campus security, uh, I'd like to know why marginalized groups feel that campus security is against them, so that would be um, open dialogue between the two groups. It's, I don't believe it's necessary to um, alienate each other. Open dialogue and two-way communication will better both sides, so marginalized groups can convey their message and campus security can convey their message so we can work together. It's unnecessary for us to work against each other. I believe that we should be working together to um, find a solution. Uh, Colin, you are allowed a rebuttal if you, if you would like to add on that. Um, I would just like to say that, um, I mean, as a minority, I've felt what like uh, authority presence feels like, and um, I don't think that people should be like should be forced to go in th through that. Um, and I think that we as students could better help students' problems together. So, um, yeah, cool. Left hand mic, you're up. Um, this is generated um, towards the um, connect, <laughs> the um, the connect site. Um, I've noticed that you guys um, don't really seem to like campus security much, and like I'd really like an explanation as to like why you feel that animosity towards them. Do you have a specific candidate that you're directing that to? Um, no, I noticed it just seemed to come up fairly often. Um. We'll let Colin, yeah, we'll let Colin know. answer this uh, one. But I think my dislike of campus security is, since I can't trust them, to be honest with you. I don't really trust my problems with them. I'd rather someone who thinks puts me first, not the school, or whatever the school's agendas are. Um, I think that also goes to, you know, um, like police in general too, you know, can't trust them. Um, but, you know, I'm, uh, I just wanna say like, I think it would be nice to like, maybe have like a student, I don't know. Um, but I think that campus security kind of should be used when we want them to be there, um, not when they wanna be there or wanna do anything like that situation. Thank, oh, yeah, uh, thank you, Colin. So, um, as well, I'm a 
I'm a student of color, I'm a minority, I've came to this country as an immigrant, and every time I've used campus security, they have not been nothing but a great help. Um, I've used them to, for any of my issues, I've come to them, and they've always put me first. I've always felt that, that they've always put my needs first. Um, I have not seen any uh, putting of the U, of UVIX, I guess, agendas before my own. So. Thank you. So we have time for two more questions, and then we're going to wrap this up for real. So I'm really sorry. Yeah. Uh, so right-hand mic, let's go. Okay, Kate. So as an indigenous autistic person, both those identities have histories with eugenics. Saying, bringing Peter Singer here is violence, and you say, oh, it has to be violent, and you get to choice what, choose what hate speech is or what danger is when you're a white woman? I'd just like to... I'm an indigenous person. Why do you get to choose what's dangerous for me? I think... Can I, I think it's very unfair for you to label me like that. I am an indigenous person and I do have autism. Both of those things. So I, All right. I feel very attacked. Okay. Sorry, I can't hear you. Okay, okay. We don't need to start yelling at each other. I, did you have any more to answer that, Kate? No? no? Okay. Sorry. Left hand mic. Hi. Um, so this is uh, an issue that happened last uh, year. Last could you speak? Fall. Could you speak more to the mic, please? My yes. apologies. Uh, okay. So this is an issue that happened last fall, primarily. Uh, and so I don't expect any of the candidates to know, necessarily know the ins and outs. But um, there was an issue with uh, uh, the political science course union wanted to host a conference, and there was issues with some of the advocacy groups uh, in approving it. Uh, there is funding that was given out by the Course Union Council and then the UVSS disapproved so, it. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm getting to my question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ask your question. Okay, sorry. Uh, so what uh, do the candidates for student director, student events? Student, student affairs. affairs. Student affairs. Uh, plan to do to make sure that the UVSS is acting as a, an effective third party so that there is a good dispute resolution happening and that any disputes between different groups on campus are effectively resolved fairly and, yeah. Natalia? Um, I'm not familiar with the case that you brought up, so I can't necessarily speak to like what was going on at the time. Um, I generally am like super in favor of like uh, open conflict resolution. I'm more than willing to have both parties come into my office and talk it out. Uh, whatever, I mean, again, I, I don't really know how to answer this question because I don't know like what the actual issue was. Um, but yeah, I think conflict resolution is super important. Cool. Uh, Caitlin. Um, so I'm also not familiar with this particular case, however, I'm also very open to um, conflict resolution, either being personally involved or using other um, avenues already available on campus for conflict resolution, and I would also be willing to kind of aid both of those groups in finding the avenue that would work best to uh, resolve those issues. Thanks. And so we have time for one last question, and Thank then we've got to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Miles. Oh, you're um, welcome. Um, so this last question um, is sort of directed towards Energize. So one of the things that I really admire about your slate is how diverse you are, um, and I feel like that's a really great thing. But one of the downsides of diversity is tokenism, sort of basically asking one person to, or expecting one person to speak on behalf of like an entire group, for example, when people ask me to speak for all black people. So what I want to know is um, how will you if elected, avoid exploiting your own identity to silence other marginalized people who have been doing anti-oppressive work in this building much longer than you have? 
keep the question? No, no, is that for me though? Right? Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah, you or like, I guess, sure, you or like anyone else. And also sort of either you or Noor because it's something that I've sort of literally just seen, um, exploiting your own identity as a way of silencing other people who are also marginalized, who have different experiences than you do. So I want to know how you're going to avoid doing this if you get elected. Um, I, I have never experienced being the token person before, um, or ever, um, and I think that if that becomes an issue, and it, if it has been an issue in the past for you with the board, I think that consultation is of course the most important way to mitigate that, like talking with members of the, the group that I belong to or that any of the other uh, executive directors belongs to and consulting with our peers about what they want to see happen so that our personal views don't end up overshadowing everyone else's views. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, I think we're all wrapped up now, folks. So on behalf of the Martlet and CFUV and UBSS elections and everyone else here, thank you for... Uh, fun, rambunctious debate. Uh, I'm sure a lot of students learned a lot about your respective platforms. Um, if you're interested, so I'm just going to ask that the gallery kind of quiets down so I can get through these closing remarks. Thanks. Um, so there will be a recording of tonight's debate on cfuvpodcasts.com. You can scroll through the last two hours of the Martlet's Twitter feed for a live tweet. Um, and we'll also have a report on that. So if the gallery would please just kind of quiet down for a second. Um, and then we'll also have a report on martlet.ca. We have respect, please, for the person at the mic. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, voting starts tomorrow at 9 AM at webvote.uvic.ca. I'm pretty sure it's the URL. I should have it written down in front of me. Um, so voting is open for the next two days. Uh, make sure you vote. And yeah, thank you, everyone, for coming. Got to thank you for that. So go out and vote. If you need polling stations, they're online at UBSS Selection.